0: You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked
1: On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What is up, and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co host, David Drogemeier, and we are two sports writers who covered the Chargers for over five seasons for San Diego Sports Domination, San Diego's top sports blog, doing our own Facebook Live show, Chargers Domination Live. I write for the LA Football Network, and this is our fourth season as the host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. What's up, guys? If you guys need an NFL, all NFL show to watch, make sure you guys check out the Peacock and Williamson show. That's how I keep up to date with everything going on around the league. One of the best ways you're going to find all of that stuff, and Brian Peacock and Matt Williamson are both great at what they do, so make sure you guys follow that so you can keep up with what everyone else in the league is doing, but we have a very, very exciting show for you guys today because I got to go to training camp finally on Monday, and it was kind of, sort of the first day in pads, right? So make sure you guys don't ever miss a show. Make sure to go follow or subscribe wherever you get your podcast from. You can find the Locked on Chargers podcast there, but David, getting back out and watching football on the field, especially going to training camp after a year of no training camp for the Chargers, was super awesome, and I think the best part of the day was the rookies stole the show. So we're going to start with Rashawn Slater and Joey Bosa going one-on-one in a padded practice on Monday. We're going to talk about Josh Palmer having another impressive day at camp, and we'll also talk about other receivers like Austin Keen Keenan Allen both having good days. And then in segment two, I want to get into some defenders because a couple of young safeties, a couple of guys we've been concerned about, frankly, Alohi Gilman and Mark Webb both were making plays, especially Mark Webb had another great day on Monday, had his second pickup training camp so far. So we definitely have to get into that. And also on the defensive side of things, there's more to talk about there because Asante Samuel Jr. finally kind of had his coming out party on Monday once the pads came on. So I thought that was really, really cool to see. To wrap up the show, I want to just talk about what I saw at training camp. It was cool seeing how Brandon Stigley was running everything. He runs a tight ship. I mean, everything was moving like a colony of ants. Like, it was really, really impressive. We'll also talk about the Chargers illegally having a padded practice and the kickers really going at it. I mean, both Michael Badgley and Tristan Viscaino were looking really good on Monday when they were having to be out there to kick field goals. So, David, let's go ahead and get into it. I was finally able to go to training camp on Monday. I'm also going to be trying to go to FanFest coming up here on Sunday, August 8th. But so exciting to get back on the field, especially to be out there in the first day the Chargers put pads on, even though they ended up having to take them off halfway through because they weren't supposed to have padded Monday practices Right? So that Bad was a boys bummer. boys the
0: NFL. <laughs> Bad,
1: I mean, I'm pretty sure Justin Herbert told him to do it and gave Tom Tleska the wrong days. But either way, as soon as the pads came on, I mean, there was definitely a couple of guys I was excited to watch. You know, Kenneth Murray, obviously, because he's one of those players, but mainly Rashawn Slater, because you can't really play offensive line without pads on. He was out there fully padded. And when I saw him, the first thing I thought is he looks a lot shorter than I thought he would. And I don't mean that as disrespect because he totally blew me away after that. Sean Slater, David, got to do one-on-ones and 11-on-11s in full pads. He looked awesome. I mean, just never really got clearly beat. A couple kind of stalemates, I would say. But in the one-on-ones, this is what he did. He stunned Uchenin Uwosu twice. He ended up beating Kyler Fackrell and putting him on the ground. And then he went up against Joey Bosa and ended up Totally beating Joey Bosa, I mean, stopped him in his tracks. I was stunned when it happened. Like, I was fumbling with my phone because I was just trying to keep up with everything. And the whole day went by really quick. But to see Rashawn Slater, the Chargers first-round pick, left tackle of the future out there, going head-to-head with Joey Bosa and winning was not something I thought I was going to see on Monday.
0: Oh man, I mean, watching the videos and hearing all, seeing all the tweets and, you know, just seeing everybody's opinion on Rashawn Slater and how crazy he looks out there, it just makes me so excited. I mean, the Chargers have had a hole at left tackle for a long, long, long time. I mean, I think the last left tackle I felt great about was what, probably Marcus McNeil, and that was for a couple of years, and I think that was like high school. I mean, 2006, 2007, yeah. I mean, that was a long, long time ago. So to have a guy who is this young, who's on a rookie contract, who by all accounts is out there looking like a seasoned veteran, is just, it's so beautiful to hear. I mean, I've been waiting eagerly for the Chargers to invest in the offensive line. They finally do it. And the dividends are obvious. Yeah, and like he just, I mean, doesn't seem like the type of
1: guy that would get super like pissed off and play super angry. And he doesn't have the nastiest streak. But sometimes, I mean, he turns it on and just technically speaking, his lateral movement, his footwork today, just he was never going backwards. Like he was an impenetrable wall for most of practice today. And like to see that. In a spot where he really should be struggling right off the bat, and he was still actually staying after practice to get some extra work in with Trey Pipkins and the offensive line coaches, so love to see that from Rashawn Slater, love to see him out there, 11 on 11s he was playing well too, you know, had a couple plays where he might have gotten beat, but nobody ever made the play from beating him, and he never really got totally beat, just got put on balance maybe a couple of times, but... I also want to talk about the wide receivers, Dave, because there was a lot of really good plays from wide receivers. First, I just want to give credit to Keenan Allen because I feel like we caught up talking about the young guys and the guys fighting for roster spots. Keenan Allen went out there and had a couple of touchdowns today. had a big, long pass that, if you look at Brandon Staley's end-of-practice speech, he was talking about how mad he was about that specific play. And he also had another touchdown doing red zone drills from Justin Herbert. He had another really good day. was good in one-on-ones as well. But... Josh Palmer, David, comes up with another really impressive day, stacking the successes together. Tyron Johnson ended up being out with a foot injury. He had a real chance to take grasp of that third wide receiver role today, or at least, you know, show off. Nothing's going to be won in one day, and Tyron Johnson will, should be back soon. But either way, I mean, he beat Asante Samuel Jr. in one-on-ones with a little bit of a push-off, I definitely will say. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> and then he caught another one in the red zone drills. He would have gotten lit up by Derwin James. Is one of those ones where Derwin pulled up last second. Couldn't tell if he got in the end zone or not, but potentially two touchdowns because in 11-on-11s, he also caught a long bomb from Chase Daniel where he got a ton of separation in the end zone and just made another really good catch. So another great day for a rookie who's, expectations we had for high for but like it's crazy to see all this stuff he's doing now considering how many people were critical of that pick early on
0: well I mean for Josh Palmer he's just got to be like thank God I got a competent quarterback I mean thank God I got some guys who can get me the football and you know when I break, I can expect the ball to be there. I mean, that's not something that he had at Tennessee he did not have the benefit of a good quarterback to throw him the ball. I mean, that's why when he had that opportunity at the senior bowl to go up against all those, you know, top DBs, he was cooking them because he was getting those passes from those, you know, top draft pick quarterbacks that you were talking about, you know, a couple of months ago on the show. So, I mean, it's, it's really exciting for him and, you know, Hey, him going out there and performing well just makes this team deeper, makes this wide receiver room better. I mean, to have an, another guy who's out there that has, has good size, has good precision route running, has good strong hands, that is going to make this team better. It's really exciting to see that he is really taking a hold of this opportunity.
1: Yeah, I would say right now he's up there with KJ Hill as probably the second best route runner on the team. Austin Pro was a pretty good route runner as well, but He's up there, but the thing that stood out to me today, obviously, he's thick as hell. Like, I mean, the dude I put on Twitter, right, he was the only one that still looked like he was still wearing his shoulder pads and looked like he was going to be fined by the NFL for not taking him off, but it was just actually his shoulders. (laughs) But, like, that physicality today, especially in pads, showed itself because the one-on-ones, the physicality, I mean, with Asante Samuel Jr. to create a ton of separation, there was a little bit of arm, but, like, just him at the top of his routes, with that thick build, you know, with how good his route running already is, like, it really looked impressive today. When you don't I was feel like he's gonna get bullied around, right? Oh no. I mean his body's ready. Like, like there's no question about that. He's not super tall, but like he's built like an NFL receiver. Like he looks really, really good. But we all knew he was gonna make the roster. The more surprising thing is that this Austin Pro guy keeps coming up. Former XFL dragon, right? And like a guy we knew would be a long shot. He has always been a good returner. He has a ton of returning experience. The Chargers had an obvious hole there at punt returner. Today, during the special teams portions of the practice, he was out there with the return unit still looking good. They did a lot of special teams today, which is another thing that I liked. But he also caught a touchdown pass from Chase Daniel in red zone work, ran a nice route, created separation, found a soft spot in the defense, and got in the end zone. And in one-on-ones, he looked pretty good, too. I mean, he missed a pass that was thrown over his head, but he had the defender beat. I mean, David, this guy was a super long shot, and maybe he still is a long shot, but he's one of these early guys that's standing out where, like, we didn't even have a spot for him at all when this training camp started, right, and when the Chargers brought him in with how deep that room is. And, like, he's doing everything he possibly can, and it started with special teams,
0: yeah, well, I mean, that's what you're going to have to do. I mean, if you want to make this team, you got to show out every single day. I mean, especially, we were talking before the show, this wide receiver room is stacked. I mean, they have pretty much every type of wide receiver that you could possibly want. But what they don't have is a solidified punt returner. So, yes, I mean, if he continues, continues to play well on special teams and, you know, he carves out a role for him there and then he's also making plays on offense – I mean, he might force his way onto the roster. I mean, it's still early days, still a lot of time before now and when cuts are made, but he's definitely putting his best foot forward.
1: Yeah, and I mean, that's super exciting for him. And I mean, for a guy who's balanced around a lot, there's a reason why a lot of teams have brought him in, right? But he just hasn't found that right place that was going to stick. But if I'm, you know, Joe Reed or K.J. Hill, especially, because if he's not the punt returner and Austin Pearl wins that job, How much do the Chargers need KJ Hill at that point, right? If he's their fifth or sixth receiver, where does Joe Reed fit into that situation? I'm not sure at this point, but I will tell you one thing. The conversation was already a little bit kind of convoluted. Like, it was a little murky what was going to happen there. Austin Pro is not making it any easier on what these coaches are going to do. But we have two more segments to get into because I have so many different things from camp that I want to talk about. But we're going to flip it over to the defensive side of things. Talk about a couple of safeties that really stood out to me with Alohi Gilman and Mark Webb, the seventh round pick, making big plays, and Asante Samuel Jr.'s kind of coming out party in training camp. We're going to get into that coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys about my favorite protein bar and the official protein bar of the United States track and field team over at the Olympics. And, of course, I'm talking about built bars. I know that's pretty cool. I mean, the Olympians eating built bars, and I'm sure, you know, they're pretty happy to have it because there's so many different flavors to choose from. My favorite right now is cookies and cream. You can also get strawberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel. There's so many to choose from. That's what I love about Bilt Bars. not only do they all taste great. I mean, you can feel like you're having a candy bar when you're having something that's going to fit on your diet. But you have the variety that you need to keep on eating something like this consistently. I mean, you can get a mixed box, get every different flavor from Bilt Bar and find out which one is your favorite And just continue to spice things up and change it up. But most of the bars have 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180 calories, and only 4 to 5 grams of sugar and 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. So you're getting something that tastes delicious without having to feel guilty about it and the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. Which is super cool that they're sponsoring both of us, right? I mean, that's pretty awesome. But right now we can even save you guys some money on Built Bars, the best tasting protein bars at built.com. You can use the promo code locked 15 to get 15% off your first order. That's the promo code locked 15, all caps, one word for 15% off at built.com. All right, David, well, so many more training camp observations in so little time. First of all, I would have felt really bad if I didn't do this, but thank you to those who came out to me at training camp. I know I was kind of keeping a low profile, right? And just writing stuff rapidly on my phone pretty much the entire time, but those of you that came up to me and said what's up and said you liked the show meant a lot to me. Never happened to me in a public place before, so I really appreciate it, and that was a pretty humbling moment, and it was just fun feeling that energy at Jack Hammett Sports Complex, at Chargers Training Camp. It was electric. I mean, this fan base is really excited about this team for good reason, and I want to talk about a couple of more reasons To be excited because one of the topics that we've covered the most so far during the offseason, David, and a consistent talking point is the depth at safety, right? And we might have been accused of being a little bit hard on Alohi Gilman. That might be a little bit fair. I mean, we definitely haven't been high on Alohi Gilman. We heard last week Ronaldo Hill saying that he's comfortable with Alohi Gilman on the back end of the defense, which is something that's really exciting. I mean, you want Alohi Gilman to be good, obviously, but... I got to see that enforced a little bit today because on one-on-ones that he started it early, a pass a little bit behind Steven Anderson. He was close enough to break it up and make sure that he didn't end up catching it. That was a nice play. Also on the first drive of 11 on 11s with pads on, on the back of the defense, Alohi Gilman comes up and ends up intercepting Justin Herbert, which is not something I thought you would be hearing a lot of during training camp Alohi Gilman intercepting Justin Herbert, but I knew he had instincts. I mean, instincts, he's a guy that wants to make plays. He wants to jump routes. He wants to go 100% in on a tackle and go 100% full speed. But I got to see him, and he looked good. He looked like a different player than the guy we sparingly saw last year. So I'm not willing to say, hey, I mean, I'm totally comfortable with the depth at safety. And now, of course, we've seen guys like Chris Harris Jr. line up there. Mark Webb's out there making plays. Maybe Asante Samuel Jr. plays there behind the normal guys, Derwin James and Nazir Adderley. But I'm happy, you know, if <laughs> Alohi Gilman is playing well, David, I'm I'm very happy about it.
0: Me too. And, I mean, I think that's the misconception here is, like, yeah, we were probably a little uh, wary of him out there cause just because we didn't see very much. I mean, we did not see him out there on the defense very much, and he didn't really play that well on special teams either. So I think that also was more cause for concern for me. But I want Alohi Gilman to play well. Because if he if he's playing well, that means this is a deeper team. This means the, the safety depth that we're so concerned about, we shouldn't be as concerned. I mean, that is all positive things. I want him to continue to go out there and carve out a role for himself, get him into a sub package, package. I mean, everything we're hearing about him from the coaching staff, it's all positive things. They said they trust him. They're They're trying him at three different positions because they feel like he can handle the aptitude. He has the aptitude to handle that stuff. So those are all good things. I want him to succeed. He is a little undersized. We've said that many times, but hey, that doesn't mean anything in the NFL. If you're able to go out there and perform well, the size, I mean, that, that'll that take care of itself. I mean, look at Austin Eckler. You don't have to be the biggest guy to be successful in the NFL. So Alohi Gilman showing out. I hope it continues. Well,
1: one of the things that they've said they love about him is just his communication on the back end, and we know this coaching staff really values that, but if he plays better, we're going to know it because the Chargers will go into the season without bringing in a veteran. And I think, if anything, it was us underestimating what Brandon Staley and this new coaching staff could get out of players defensively and kind of maybe picturing him in the mold we saw him in last season when now it's a completely different system and he's being put in different positions so far, he's excelling at it. But
0: We're not used to players getting developed, Daniel.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not going to blame it all on that. Maybe we were a little harsh, but I think most of it just came out of concern of not knowing and it's hard to yeah. feel comfortable when two backups you've never really seen on an NFL field and definitely haven't seen on an NFL field and having really any meaningful success so super glad to see that because the younger the Chargers get right and the more talent they're getting out of these younger guys and maybe draft picks you didn't think they were getting stuff out of that makes such a difference for the future going forward if you can get production out of these later picks and Another guy who's trying to prove that is Mark Webb. I mean, Mark Webb had another really, really good showing on Monday. I posted a video of him going one-on-one with Jared Cook in the one-on-one situations. Justin Herbert was throwing the ball. He ends up almost really getting a pick, but making a nice pass breakup on the sideline, and he was pumped up about it. I was pumped up to see it. I mean, he broke on it. He had a super good read. He didn't let Jared Cook get physical with him at the top of the round and create a lot of separation. And he ended up making a play, and it wasn't the only play he made, David, because later on, not only did he get another pass breakup in practice, but he also got a pick, maybe even a pick six off of Chase Daniel on a long pass. So now he has two training camp interceptions, and as a seventh round pick is making serious waves at training camp.
0: Yeah, I mean, he looks pretty sticky in coverage. I mean, from what I saw from the video, he he's staying right there in the hip pocket, and he's breaking really well. And that's something you really love out of a DB or, or a, a safety. I mean, you want that ability. You want that ability to read and react and explode towards the ball, and he definitely seems like he has that. And he he loved that video too, Daniel, because... He retweeted it and his agent retweeted it as well. So a little shout out to you, Daniel, for the video work. Good job there. Um, But, yes, Mark Webb making some plays. And this is what we've heard in training camp. It just seems like day after day we hear Mike Webb doing this or Mark Webb doing that. And I love to hear it. I love to see it because the Chargers need that. I mean, he's a seventh-round pick. And, yeah, they have some expectations for him, but it seems like he's being able to handle those responsibilities well. This is another guy they're really trying to train at a couple of different positions because this defensive coaching staff is really trying to harp on versatility and really trying to figure out what packages are going to work best out there on the football field. Mark Webb definitely making a name for himself, and he just needs to keep doing it.
1: Yeah, and I mean, Brandon Staley said he wasn't satisfied with him yet, right? And it's basically just because they have high expectations for him. But I think you're also kind of preconditioned because of Chargers of years past where you didn't ever really think you could get much out of a seventh-round pick, right? When you're going yeah. back and looking at some seventh-round picks, the Cortez Broughtons, the Donovan Clarks, I mean, even six-round picks like Dylan Cantrell. Yeah, I can't remember if Tevin Reese or Marion Grice— was the seventh-round pick that season, but neither one of them made the team, right? So, like, there's very few examples. I mean, Isaac Rochelle was a success story. Justin Jackson is a success story. Either way, they don't usually come out looking like this. I mean, usually you see more undrafted free agents having bigger camps than seventh-round picks, right? But Bran Staley, I was going through the draft wondering, when are you going to take a safety? And he thought he could get one later on he could work with. So far, Mark Webb looks like he's pretty much checking off every box, and he's definitely exceeding what my expectations were. And I think we just keep underestimating how much Brandon Staley had to do with this draft process and trying to find guys he liked right Then maybe Anthony Lynn did with Tom Tulesco, But he had a vision for these guys, and they're going out there and really just already giving you a glimpse of what Brandon Staley's vision for this defense is. So we're going a little long on this segment, so we will keep Asante Samuel Jr., and get into that coming up right after this. He had a one on one with Josh Palmer, the second and third round picks going at it in one on ones, and also had a couple of big plays in 11 on 11s to really have his best training camp day so far. And we're going to get into that coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys that the official betting sponsor of the Lockdown Chargers podcast is betonline.ag. Baseball season is in full swing right now, guys, and you guys can bet on all of the Olympics action at betonline. There's so many different things for the Olympics that you guys can bet on. If you guys haven't been betting, this is the time to get in on the action because you have a pretty much a buffet of whatever you want to choose from. You can find bets on it at betonline.ag. And even though it's not football season, you can still bet on Justin Herbert to win the MVP award. You can still bet on the Chargers to win a Super Bowl and a ton of other NFL prop bets that they have going on, right. NFL future bets that they have going on right now. And the last time I checked, they were a one-point favorite Week one against Washington, so that's a game you guys can bet on as well. And we can even help you guys out with some free money because if you head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today, you can receive a free 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the promo code LOCKED ON. That's promo code LOCKED ON, all caps one word at bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, David. Well, there was a ton that I took away from training camp today, and like as much as I saw. It's so chaotic, right? Two fields and everything going on. I can't, I just, I'm upset about how much I probably missed out there as well. Just because, especially with At least with you how, gotta be there. Yes, I know. And I know David would be there too. But like, for real though, like there were certain guys, like if you asked me about certain guys, I wouldn't even be able to tell you some of the guys if I saw them out there, right? I mean, that might be exaggerating a little bit, but there's so many individual drills, so many different things going around on at so many different times all over the field That was one of the takeaways I had from training camp was just everything was run so smoothly. I mean, that whistle, that horn goes off, and everyone's moving in unison to the next station. They know where to go. No stragglers are getting left behind. Everybody's hustling. It was a Brandon
0: Staley effect.
1: Yeah, it was a great tempo out there in practice. I mean, that was a game in its own game, me just trying to find Brandon Staley because he was all over the field, and he's not the biggest dude, right? He's an undersized, scrappy— college quarterback for Dayton you know so like he's just bouncing around everywhere he was hard to keep up with just because he does keep a frenetic pace at practice so everything looked super organized the communication seemed like it was very on point for all of the different position groups and what everyone was trying to get accomplished and we got to see one of the other Chargers draft picks show off today and it was Asante Samuel Jr and this one Felt especially good today, David, because we've been hearing stuff about so many guys, you know, even Mark Webb, Alohi Gilman, all of these dudes haven't heard a ton about Asante Samuel Jr., but the pads came on on Monday, at least for a little while, and you started to see why the Chargers felt so good about drafting him in the second round. So I'll start with the one-on-one portion because he did go up against Jalen Guyton. Jalen Guyton ran a pretty decent route, ended up beating him over the middle, but like, It was a super contested catch, and that reminded me of when he was in college, because even the receptions he gave up, he was really, really contesting them, right? He was making them very tough catches. It wasn't as tough of a catch when he went up against Josh Palmer, two guys that know each other and go way back to their high school days. Went one-on-one, Josh Palmer pushed off a little bit, beat Asante Samuel Jr., but David, then you come back in 11-on-11s, and he just misses a pick six, which had the whole defense ready to absolutely explode. Had another pass breakup, got some time in with the number one defense and the number two defense. And we finally got some highlights from Asante Samuel Jr. to get excited about.
0: Well, and we know he's a physical player. We know he's a scrappy guy. We know that he, you know, he might have some issues with some flags early on in his career. But he's a dog. I mean, yeah, exactly. He brings that mentality. And I would much rather have that aggressive gene than not have it. Because I don't know if really that's something that can be taught. I think you really just kind of have to have that. He definitely has that gene. He wants to go out there. He wants to be physical. He wants to tackle. He wants to run you over. He wants to steal the ball from you. He wants to rob you and take your lunch. That's what Asante Samuel Jr. wants to do. And I think that's kind of been missing from this Chargers defense. He brings some of that along with Derwin James. Obviously, obviously when he's out there, we know he has that. So I think it's just another guy who brings that hunger, brings that physicality. A guy like Kenneth Murray who wants to, who wants to punch you. He wants to hit you. That's what I like to see. I want to see more of it. I mean, and I think we will. I mean, I think the makeup of this kid is great, and we know that he has the skills, so he just needs to continue to show it.
1: And the one where he almost had the pick six was the most encouraging to me because you got to see the click and close speed. You got to see the instincts of him jumping around, and, like, it's just so easy to kind of daydream about him doing that on Sundays and taking the ball back for six. I mean, that's something definitely he has to improve on. Both of the pass breakups I saw probably should have been interceptions by Asante Samuel Jr., but he was out there competing. And for a guy who, you know, is a second-round pick and might have some of those growing pains like we've talked about, right, you just want him going out there and being himself, being that dog that the Chargers went and picked up on. And I know coming into the NFL, going into a Brandon Staley-led defense's Probably you're easier said than done. Maybe it's easier for someone like Mark Webb coming from such a pro-style defense like Georgia. But at the same time, I mean, Derwin James hasn't really had any problems, right? Jalen Ramsey didn't have very many problems. I don't think it's too much for Asante Samuel Jr. It was just really nice to see him doing some of those patented things, which made us so excited that he dropped in the second round. But we can't finish this show, David, without talking about kickers, because the kickers had a big day on Monday, too. And it was a shootout. I mean, the Chargers were going 11-on-11. 11 11. In between the drills, they would run out the entire field goal unit kicking team. And two field goal kickers got to kick on Monday. And it wasn't Alex Kessman. So, Michael Badgley and Tristan Viscaino both went out there. And I'm glad that the rest of the beat reporters could kind of confirm. I mean, I knew that Michael Badgley made all of his field goals because they had refs out there that were you know, saying it's good and all that stuff because it was a tough angle. But... Both of them ended up making all five of their field goals. I mean, that's a competition, David. You can't do much more than make all of your field goals. So, I mean, I thought it was good for Tristan Viscaino as far as, you know, keeping up with Michael Badgley. But it's hard not to be excited about Michael Badgley potentially getting some of that confidence back. Because not only did he hit five for five on his field goals, you know, going through everything with the special teams units on the field. He had two 50 50-plus yard field goals. In practice, so I thought I saw that Jeff Miller and Daniel Popper, two Chargers beat writers, said that Michael Badgley's long was a 55 yarder, but they also said he had a 52 yarder as well. So, I mean, that's really nice. Obviously, you have to see him do it in the game to really feel good about it, but even with not the strongest leg, he could definitely get more consistent from 50 to 55.
0: No question. I mean, and it's really funny with him because he does hold the record for the longest field goal in Chargers history, which is absolutely weird because he has been so inconsistent from 50 yards or more. It just you just you just don't know what you're going to get. And you want a kicker that's going to be a little going to be going to be able to convert those opportunities a lot more often than he has. So. That's what's very encouraging for me. Hitting a 52-yarder, hitting a 55-yarder, that's what you want to see. I mean, that's been the difference in some Chargers wins the last couple of years. So hopefully he's able to, you know, feel this competition. Maybe that's breeding, you know, something inside him saying, hey, maybe he's feeling the pressure that he needs to really turn it on and really show out and really perform if he wants to keep his job because I truly believe they brought Tristan Vizcaino in because they feel like he can take this job. I mean, I think that that's the right approach, too. I mean, the special teams unit and the kicking, the field goal kicking last year was not acceptable. So Badgley either needs to show that he's the, the guy, that he's going to be the guy going forward, or Tristan Visciano is going to take that spot.
1: One well, thing is, is, overall, too, Tristan Visciano also has a bigger leg to do kickoffs more. Right, He's one of those guys who can put it in there for a touchback if that's what you're looking for. Something that Michael Badgley has struggled with. In that the Ty past. Long had to do that you don't exactly. really want him to do. And Brandon Staley has said that he does not want him to do that. Darius Swinton has also said they don't want Ty Long doing both things. So I think that's something that that's very interesting because he does, this guy I you know that has had the bigger leg, Michael Badgley made the longer field goal, but... There is pressure. I mean, when you're talking about a three-way competition, I mean, it's hard to say that that wouldn't be at least making Michael Badgley a little bit nervous, right? So he's definitely having to fight some of those fears off when he's out there in front of the whole team going after those kicks. So I think that's really good to see him doing it. I mean, like I said, his teammates love him. In a perfect world, you want to keep him on your team, but he has to make kicks, so Even if, you know, Michael Badgley wins it coming out of Tristan Viscaino can be super impressive. Even if it's Alex Kessman, if things don't go your way once, you know, games are actually being decided on field goals, at least you have a guy you could feel good about calling up right away, right? But obviously. Right. And the leash
0: has got to be really short for Badgley, right?
1: Exactly. Sure. So, I mean, the leniency for him with this new coach's staff, you don't know how long they would let it go. But with Brandon Staley, if they start losing games, we've seen. How fast, you know, his predecessor and Sean McVay with the Rams, you know, his former head coach was getting rid of a kicker last season when he wasn't performing, right? So I don't know how long that leash is going to be, but I thought it was nice to see Michael Banji out there looking impressive and looking confident. So I think that's a plus for the Chargers, and a lot of guys stood out. And I'm sure there's more guys that I didn't even get to see stood out, but a huge day for the rookies, no matter how you look at it, David. I mean, whether you're talking about Mark Webb or Asante Samuel Jr. or Rashawn Slater, even Josh Palmer. I mean, these guys came out there and they were really making some of the biggest plays out there, which if you can get impacts out of your rookie class, you're doing something right with those draft picks. But that is going to wrap things up for today's show. Hope you guys enjoyed it. I know I enjoyed being at training camp and I'm going to try my best to go to FanFest on Sunday and potentially see some more of you guys there and be back here that next Monday to kind of break down how that live practice at SoFi Stadium goes. But thank you guys for checking in today. We'll be back here tomorrow with the latest going on in training camp. We'll definitely try to get to some voicemails for you guys soon, too. If you guys want to get in on that, the number is 323-524-7924. There was also some Brandon Staley press conference sound. I'm sure we're going to get more press conferences as the week unfolds. But really fun day at training camp. Hope you guys enjoyed the show until tomorrow, guys. Make sure to follow or subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcast from. You can find the Locked On Chargers podcast there. If you want to find me on Twitter to be following me the next time I'm out at Chargers training camp, giving you guys updates, you can find me at Dan Talk Sports. To find all of David's Chargers takes and all of the shows, you can find him on Twitter at SD. and you can find the shows Twitter at Locked On LAC. We post the show to all of those pages. You can also find it on our Locked On Chargers Instagram page at Locked On Chargers and our Locked On Chargers Facebook group. But that is going to do it for today's show. We appreciate everyone who came in and listened and everyone who came up to talk to me. But we appreciate your guys' support. We'll be back with you guys tomorrow. Until then, take it easy and go Bolts.